welcome to Phoenix Foundation, an episode-by-episode podcast review of CBS's action-adventure series, MacGyver. I'm Patrick O'Reilly. And I'm Richard Wells. And today we'll be tackling Reboot Season 1, Episode 9, Chisel. The original air date for this episode is November 18th, 2016. Today for us, yesterday for you. It was directed by... Brad Tannenbaum, who's done a bunch of CSI. Mm-hmm. Um, he had three uh, 5.0 episodes under his belt. And it was written by our story editors, who've been story editors for six of the seven previous episodes. Um, or eight previous episodes, because yeah. it's the ninth. Yeah, it's the ninth. Um, so, but this is their first time stepping up uh, into the writing spot. Um, and I don't think they had other writing credits previous to this show. Um, I think they had other story editor credits for like uh, right. Hunters and uh, there was another one. They worked together. Right. Their, their they have, IMDb they, pages are identical. Mm-hmm. So, But uh, yeah, this is their first um, official writing credit for the show. And, and their names are? <laughs> and their names are Brett Vandenbos and Brandon Willer. Yeah. I'm not sure how to pronounce Vandenbos. Or it's Vandenbos or Vandenbos. Yeah. The, I saw a capital B. B. Yeah. yeah. It's so that's an interesting spelling, but... Um, why don't we describe this episode in brief? Well, in this episode, we have a uh, Phoenix under siege type situation, mm-hmm. uh, although not at the Phoenix Foundation. The Latvian uh, embassy. Latvian embassy under siege. Uh, dark yep. territory. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's the under siege sequel? Yeah, on a train. Yeah, I was going to say. Um, uh, and MacGyver has to basically stave off the attack for six hours yeah. until their reinforcements arrive. Yeah. Um, and we start the episode with a non-opening gambit, yeah, well, which is the first time for the the series. Yeah, we start off with a flashback, even of of like previously on MacGyver. Oh, that was weird. Um, I guess just in case you didn't watch, so we know why Bowser's so upset. Mm-hmm. But they managed to cut out of the the uh, flashback that we already resolved this problem. Yeah, they, they, he's they basically already, have the same conversation over again. Yeah, over the course of an entire episode. Yeah. Um, everything seemed like it was fine last week. Yeah, by the end of the episode, he, they'd forgiven each other, and it was like, you're not even my friend, and I don't feel like I don't even know who you are anymore. And then he's like, you made me who I am. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, you know what, you're right. Oh, we're good buddies. And then here he's like, I feel like I don't even know who you are anymore. It's like, what? Didn't we go over this? Didn't we cover this? I'm a guy ever. Did you, did you suffer a head injury? <laughs> who are you? Oh, my God, is that blood? Uh, gushing blood out of his head. <laughs> I'm so tired. <laughs> I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna lay down for like, for like ten, fifteen hours. Patricia, how long have you had him in this room? Oh, six or seven days. Uh, he got off a plane. No, I was gonna, uh, you know what? That's a that was a, a joke that I was gonna make in bad taste, <laughs> and I'm not gonna make it. Nice save. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Bozer's in an in interrogation room, the same room that MacGyver was locked in. Right. Uh, in also in last week's episode. But he doesn't know how to get out. So. Yeah, he doesn't know how to how to defeat. That 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 tough magnetically sealed door. That no, has... the problem is he knows exactly how to do it, but he doesn't know the combination for all the doors in the Phoenix Foundation. Right. Yet. Yet. Uh, so they're trying to determine whether or not Bozer may pose a security risk. Yeah, they're trying to figure out if he's a terrorist. Uh, because he's made quite a few calls to China. Right. Which he claims were to get some hard-to-get silicone that he uses mm-hmm. for the masks that he makes. Uh, so Bozer's obviously being very resistant, even when MacGyver is saying, look, this is standard procedure, and Bozer's like, no, this isn't standard procedure for me. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, I know you can't hold me here for 
more than 24 hours, and they're like, we can hold you here indefinitely. Yeah. I don't know if you've been following the news, but we have a new president. <laughs> you <laughs> could stay here forever. Uh, you could die in this room. <laughs> no one would miss you. <laughs> uh and we actually don't resolve this situation that with him being interrogated because we just cut to Riley, Jack, and MacGyver. Uh, in Patricia's office. Yeah, talking about their next mission. Right. Um, so uh, there's a funny bit where Jack comes in uh, and before Patricia Thornton can start talking, he's all, oh, let me guess. We have uh, Colonel Mustard doing it in the kitchen. with." <laughs> no, it was, it was the first two were like, um, like were, were legitimate things. It was like uh, we have uh, Chinese uh, like insurgents, uh, insurgents uh, in uh, Madrid uh, with a candlestick or something like that. And she's like, I thought we agreed we weren't going to talk about Clue in this room. I would never agree to that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, their current mission is to take out a terrorist cell that's brewing up in Latvia. Right. Uh, They're trying to beat them to becoming ISIS by mm-hmm. destroying them. Because they don't want to actually tackle ISIS right. in 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 this CBS show. Yeah, that's that's too big for MacGyver. So we'll we'll we'll, we'll, we'll wait for the Magnum reboot. To 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 quote the president, we'll we'll handle the uh, the the JV team first. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. <laughs> uh, ISIS. Um, what really sucks about that whole situation is with Archer. Yeah. It's really frustrating now. Yeah, that's why they keep changing the name of the company that they work for in the recent seasons. Yeah, <laughs> um, just can't do with that anymore. Uh, so they're on their way to Latvia to take out this terrorist leader whose mother just died. Right. So perfect opportunity <laughs> while he's grieving. Yeah. To uh, freaking stop loss him yeah, or it's like no, the beginning like of rend- rendition. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, but uh, once again, we get like a jump cut where they're already in Latvia and they've already blown it. Yeah. Well, we start out in front of this building mm-hmm. that I assume was just some interesting looking building. One of the like location scouts saw driving through Atlanta and was like, hey, this could be a building in Latvia. <laughs> well, we don't have a room to use. It's like the inside of this building. Ah, that's fine. We'll just be outside. We already blew yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> and so the first shot in Latvia is of them running around out in front of the building like, Ah, we he got away. Yeah. They made us. <laughs> they made us somehow. <laughs> so then they all split up, and then MacGyver is suddenly getting shot at mm-hmm. and can't explain how he got to where he is from where he just was with them. Yeah, he says, like, I'm in some kind of parking structure. He's like a half block away from where he just walked away from them, and he cannot give them the directions to where he can just, you, can you, can, just got. Can, can you give us anything? The directions, north, He's like, uh, it's like a loading dock. Okay, <laughs> uh, that's great. We're not from this area. Honey, you have a gun. Just shoot them. <laughs> I want to, but they're fur-bearing. I need some kind of permanent, wouldn't I? <laughs> I want to thank you. You could have given us help, but you gave us so much more. <laughs> uh, bonus points if you can name what movie I'm vaguely quoting. <laughs> it's Bill Murray's. Uh, so MacGyver is trapped. He's being – well, he's not really trapped – He's actually waiting for Jack and Riley to get to him. Right. Um, but he decides to take he's matters. He's impatient. Yeah, exactly. He's like, oh, all I have to do is stand here and not get shot. Yeah. Instead, instead he, he flashes back to something that him and Bozer did as children, which was to 
sort of MacGyver some pyrotechnics out of an aerosol can and a match. Yeah, and that's all you need. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, but he tapes it together and lights a little piece of cloth on fire as a sort of a fuse for it. Right. And then he just hucks it over all this garbage on the loading docks and it explodes right in front of the guy. Yeah. It just kind of startles him long enough for MacGyver to tackle him to the ground. Uh, I, have, I, have, I have an amusing story. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> Thank God. Um, well, uh, my family had some property out on Lake Erie and we would occasionally burn like paper trash, you know, like cardboard boxes and sure. things like that. Well, my mom brought me a bag of trash from the bathroom because it's because there's no there there is there is like a septic system, but they try it's the kind of thing it's kind of gross. I hate it, but where you don't throw your toilet paper away right. in the toilet because it'll just clog it up. Right. So you take it outside and you gotta burn it, which is gross, but that's what we did. Yeah. Um, what they did not tell me was that in this particular bag of trash there was an aerosol can. An aerosol can. <laughs> So I'm it's so, like hairspray or something. Yeah, exactly. Or, or air freshener. I can't even yeah. remember at this point. But so I got the bag on the fire, and it starts to roll out of it because it's like in a bag. So I'm trying to like stir it with a stick. So I'm getting right over it. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it just flash bomb. Um, <laughs> and not to mention that it's covered toilet paper covered in crap. <clears throat> <laughs> um, but. The explosion, like, it doesn't throw me off my feet, but it scares the heck out of me, and I stumble backwards over a chair and just wind up on my back. Yeah. And everyone comes running because they heard this explosion. It actually and... scared the crap into you. <laughs> <laughs> um, we found the aerosol can about 30 feet away, all, like, <laughs> tore open. That's funny. Uh, yeah, so that was that's my closest I've ever been to an aerosol can explosion. Yeah. Not really any explosion, but... That's my fun story. But yeah, so MacGyver tackles him. Immediately, Jack is there mm-hmm. um, with the gun out and everything. That If he'd have waited one more second, yeah. it, it would have been completely unnecessary. Um, but they notice that in the tackle that he dropped his phone, and they pick it up, and they see that he literally just texted all of his operatives, mm-hmm. every contact in his phone, probably including his mom, and said, hey, yeah, come save me. Mm-hmm. Here's where I am. Ditch your phone so they can't track you. <laughs> They're gonna have to do that every episode now because we know that Riley can track phones. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it would have been funny, like, like he, he sends out the SOS, and the only response is from his mom's phone. This no, this number is no longer in service. Oh, <laughs> it's so I sad. Totally forgot. Yeah. So now they're on the run, and they get into a car to try to get to the airport. But uh, Latvian traffic. It must be Latvian rush hour. Yeah. Because everyone's driving too slow for Jack, and he's honking the horn, which is now drawing the attention of some men who are uh, blocking the current road to the airport. Yeah. Uh, who work for this Yannis? Yeah. Yannis. Yannis. Yeah, Yannis. I would Giannis. say. Um, uh, who, by the way, is played by Tobias Jellyneck, which mm-hmm. is one of my favorite names um, so far that I've heard. But he also uh, he played the lead agent in six episodes of Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. Like I, the, the, I guess the top guy. Underneath Matthew Modine, who right, didn't right. really have a name at the at the science facility. Um, but his first role mm-hmm. was in 1993, where he played Jay in Disney's Hocus Pocus. Yeah, one of the two bullies that hangs out in the cemetery. Yeah, it's and Jay just picking and, on Hollywood uh, and Ice Ernie. Jay, right, Ernie, but he's got <laughs> ice shaved into the back of his head. <laughs> I was just watching that, because like, I mean, we're obviously just past Halloween now, so. We're just passing the season where everyone watches Hocus Pocus for some reason. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, <laughs> it's not a Halloween movie or anything. <laughs> no, it is, but it's just not a great one. It's funny what? that people still watch it. What? It's not a great movie. It's a fantastically charming and wonderful family movie. There's a funny scene in it, and it's a brother and sister team playing husband and wife while the, <laughs> <laughs> the sisters trick or treat at their house. But um, but yeah, it's a weird movie. <laughs> but it's um, a lot of fun if you haven't seen it. Yeah. I, Go check it out. We're 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 clearly divided on this <laughs> on this one. Um, do you know that came out in the summer? It didn't even come out in the Halloween. Season. Doesn't matter. It's so perfect. weird. Um, but yeah. So for some reason, people watch that movie, and that guy was in it. And I was like, I wonder if this guy still works. And I pulled up his IMDb page, and I was like, his name's Tobias Jellyneck. Oh, he's <laughs> on Stranger Things. But that was before MacGyver showed up on his IMDb. And then I looked it up today, and I was like, why does that name sound so familiar? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, there it was. But he, he kind of looks in this like uh, the love child of uh, Ryder Strong and Christian Slater. Um, <laughs> very different accent from what he's had in previous roles. Yeah, um, where, where his character of Jay and Hocus Pocus was very like a uh, surfer. Yeah. Even though it didn't make sense that that he had such a yeah. surfer kind of voice up in like. Was that was that before or after Power Rangers? Because the because Ice and Jay had a very Balkan skull feel to them. Uh, had to be after. Well. Ninety uh, three. Yeah, I don't know. That's, that's hard to say. Yeah. Um, but I thought I thought his name being Jay and the blonde hair was very reminiscent of, of Jay and Bob. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, so that that, may, that actually that relationship makes a lot more sense. Yeah, it does. Um, but yeah, so that's Giannis, and uh, yeah, so they, the, they have him captive and he's handcuffed, mm-hmm. and uh, they're trying to get away from everybody, um, but they don't really know the way out. Yeah, so they're forced to run on foot to the. Well, they, they duck into an alley first. Right. And uh, they don't have the ability to get a satellite view because there's no satellites currently available. Yeah. So MacGyver decides to create his own kind of uh, high-altitude photography. Yeah. With a – it wasn't a paper mache like he did in The Escape. Right. Um, uh, it's just a plastic bag. Right, he, but it's the same the same theory. Yeah, and, and he and again he says this is something that he did with Bozer to get aerial footage for mm-hmm. a movie when they were kids with his dad's camera. Yeah, I doubt that they had like a tiny little bag with a tiny flame underneath it carrying like a VHS camera. Up well, but when he was young, it would have been like. Is he that much younger than us? Well, I think he's well. Yeah, he's probably only supposed to be like twenty five. At, so, at best, he still is so the, carrying like a mini DV. Like like yeah, there's no way that you're going to carry that with a hot air balloon, unless it's like a full-on hot air balloon. Yeah, exactly. You, you use a you a weather balloon. Yeah, but I don't think that's what he was talking about. I think he was talking about what he just invented, which well, wouldn't lift a mini DV camera. Agree to disagree. Okay. <laughs> no, I agree. But anyway, they uh, <laughs> they decide that the only cam the only phone that they have. Between the three of them is Jack's phone. Yeah, and he is very resistant. Yeah, because he's got his high score and Angry Birds, and he's upset about it. Um, so they are able to get some aerial footage right away. And with, a, I think you've mentioned, a really badly CG'd car coming around a corner. Right, yeah. Uh, and then Riley, looking at the footage, is able to say, well, um, they're blocking out the alley behind us but it's totally open in front of us which mm-hmm. makes no sense like yeah that's what they would block first there's enough of them to block every direction but for some reason they have an open path directly mm-hmm. to the embassy uh so yeah so they start running for the embassy 
they lose they do lose contact with the phone eventually when the balloon gives out. Pops, yeah. Um, I kept waiting for it to like land and hit somebody. Yeah, it, like that would have been like a funny bit. Yeah, like because the phone's coming down just somewhere. Like they they finally come around a corner and there's just one guy who's got a gun trained on him and then he just gets hit in the head with yeah. a cell phone and then Jack's like, oh sweet, <laughs> <laughs> he gets his phone back. <laughs> Uh, you ever seen that footage of that cell phone that fell out of an airplane and landed in a pig pen? No. Yeah, so th- th- it's like, th- I don't think it was a skydiving. It's some kind of air tour, but this girl was trying to get like a selfie or something from out of the window. And you just see the phone fall. And it must have been spinning so fast from the fall because like it starts like the image is just like the the capture rate is is like there is like reaching the oh there's frequency. a video it was a recording video while it was falling yeah so oh, that's awesome so the the capture rate starts hitting the same frequencies of the rotation of the camera so you get like these weird like scan lines, lines of yeah. images and it it lands in like on it hits the ground hard but it doesn't break the camera yeah it keeps recording and all of a sudden you just see like a pig coming up and starts trying to eat it and you're like inside <laughs> the pig's mouth oh my gosh if i can find this video i'm gonna put it up in the yeah show notes it's, it's that amazing awesome. footage um i don't know how they have ended i mean i don't know if the phone was just uploading the video to yeah. the internet and that's how they were that's able the to other get weird it. thing about how this this thing that they built worked it wasn't like it was a balloon mm-hmm. like it wouldn't pop the yeah. way a, a weather balloon would but that's what macgyver says oh the balloon popped but it's like even if it didn't have the heat to help it rise, it would be falling slowly because the bag yeah. would be acting as a parachute. If anything, the bag would have ripped, but the phone wouldn't have dropped like that. They made it seem like it just burst. Yeah. And that's not what would have happened. Yeah. Um, so they they make a run for the embassy, and of course uh, the Marines guarding the embassy take aim. Right. But they don't open fire, which they probably would have. Yeah, especially since Jack is holding a handgun up mm-hmm. in the air and not dropping it which they repeatedly ask him to do. And mm-hmm. he has no reason not to because he's not currently firing at the people chasing exactly. him. Um, but um, they, one, of the, one of the actors playing the Marines here, the, the actor's name is uh, Philip Forna. He's credited as, as Marine number three. Um, he has mostly stunt credits, um, and he doesn't have any lines uh, in this episode, aside from maybe maybe he's the one shouting for them to put the guns down. Mm-hmm. Um, but he coincidentally appeared in a film called The Phoenix Rises. Mm. And this is the premise for The Phoenix Rises. Uh, worlds collide when a team of brilliant scientists are recruited to work for a secretive government-run program called the Phoenix Project and are challenged with creating defenses against a technologically powerful terrorist group. So I thought that was interesting that yeah. he's on that and on MacGyver. And I, I was assuming that that, was, that movie on its own was probably a semi-rip-off of the original MacGyver series, and then I looked mm. into it, and apparently it's more of a rip-off of Lost, which is oh, weird, okay. because it doesn't sound like it has anything to do with Lost. But um, that's what most of the reviews said. So uh, so MacGyver's running and calling uh, into Patricia on his sat phone. Right. And so she makes a call and gets them access to the embassy, which we don't see. They yeah. just cut, again, once again, a hard cut to them already in the embassy. And the ambassador's already like walking them through the front door. Yeah. Which she wouldn't be outside if there no, was a credible not. armed response outside. She That's wouldn't just already be already firing on the embassy. Plus, um, I mean, no offense to this actress. I, I mean, this is like a wardrobe choice. They kept her in high heels, and she doesn't know how to run in them. Yeah. And so every time she's running, it, it's like she's desperate to keep herself from falling. Yeah. Um, 
it's very awkward to watch her run. The the actress here playing Ambassador Roberts is Alicia Coppola, mm-hmm. who, of course, as you would assume, is the sister of Matthew Coppola. Yeah. But neither of them no, is no any relation to the Coppola family. Um, but she did appear in National Treasure 2. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> with she, Nicholas Coppola. Yeah, oddly enough. Um, and she was on a Jericho, which was a... Right, 25 episodes as Mimi Clark. She also apparently voiced She-Hulk in a video game called Marvel Ultimate Alliance 2. Right. So, um, but yeah, so she's basically playing the local Patricia. Like mm-hmm. yeah. They have like remote Trisha and local Trisha. Even though we know Patricia can travel anywhere at right, any time. Right, exactly. At the Maybe she of did life. and something happened and she just looks different on oh, the other. Oh, God, yeah. Like, That's what like happened. All that time travel But they don't even bother dude. going back to Patricia anymore after this woman gets called in. We're basically yeah. just talking to her. But she's the one in all the like sleeveless dresses and high heels. Mm-hmm. Um, we, yeah, we, I mean, like, when, when, when they call in to Patricia, she's once again interrogating Bozer. Right. And, uh, and going But now with, in her, like, big open office with, yeah. the, with the monitor up. Uh, and she is fully impressed with his ability to create prosthetic masks. Yeah. Every freaking week, they bring up how good his masks are, and I'm like, when are they gonna off. use them? This, this payoff better be fantastic. Yeah. This whole thing with the key. And you could say, oh, well, they used them last week. But it's not like Murdoch was trying to convince anyone he was actually George Washington. <laughs> that would have been fantastic. He's like, oh, my, is that George Washington? Oh, my God. He's back. In pog form. <laughs> I was saying that I wish last week after they knocked him off the balcony that he would have been like, like that was one of our forefathers. And he's like, looks like we're down to three. <laughs> and then you said, oh, he, he, he knocked over your cherry tree. <laughs> That would have been really funny. They should have just killed Murdoch in his first episode. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he he got fumbled so bad anyway, they might as well have just like, oh, Murdoch's head came off halfway through the episode. He was old. Yes, he was real. Oh, so. <laughs> How many times someone had tried to slit his throat? It was only a matter of yeah. time before you just make it all the way through. Yeah. It's basically perforated to start. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh... The uh, terrorists form a line outside. They bu- they throw lob a grenade at the gr- at the uh, the main gate, which damages it, and uh, they get into a firefight between the four marines who are guarding the building. Right. And there's a lot of stray bullets. Like like they're they're aiming at the marines and they're just aiming at the building and yeah. opening fire at the building. And we're getting a lot of these after effects mm-hmm. bullet holes. Yeah, yeah. No. Painted on doors and walls, or ra- probably erased from walls until after mm-hmm. you hear the gunshot and then they just appear in the hole. Uh, they try to barricade the windows and doors, but Jack says that these doors aren't thick enough. Which, so, I mean, assuming this is a country where terrorism is prevalent, mm-hmm. the embassy would be would already be bulletproof. Yeah. Um, so MacGyver does some quick calculations and figures he needs about eight inches of paper right. to stop bullets. Based, based on the fact that they're using AK-47s. Right. So uh, they just grab all the paper and books and just basically make, like, bricks to, to shield up the windows. Right. Meanwhile, Yanis, uh, Yanis is uh, handcuffed to a safe, and he starts trying to convince Riley to let him go because he, yeah, he thinks that she might be coerced pretty easily. Yeah. Um, but she turns the tables on him and says that uh, they're not here to kill us. They're here to kill you because you're in the U.S. Embassy 
and more than likely we've made you talk. Yeah. And, and he's like, well, I haven't. It's like, they don't know that. Yeah. It's, it's your liability. They don't know who, they don't know where your loyalty is anymore. Um, and that gets a little bit proven when they lob a grenade through the, through, through into the room where he is. And MacGyver yeah. has to quick pick toss it up it and out. throw it back out. Yeah. Which is why you wait, you know, before you throw, you don't just pull the pin and throw, you got to, Time it out. It's supposed to explode the minute it stops moving. <laughs> Don't give them time to pick it up. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so they have to stay put for six hours because Patricia's called in to a military base. I think they said in Cairo. Right. They. they spoke, or no, no, no. no they Cairo. Keep, they bring Cairo. The Cairo is bringing. Well, which is the first time they've brought it up since the pilot, right? Mm-hmm. But again, we're not supposed to talk about Cairo, so yeah. I'm sure that they'll be. You know, the finale will be the Cairo episode where we finally see what happened there. But we do get a quick conversation with Admiral Rodriguez, mm-hmm. who is the leading their reinforcements. Right. Um, and who – is he, like, the husband of the ambassador or something like that? Like, um, she had a picture of the two of them on her desk? Well, her last name is Roberts, but, I mean, that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm not sure. I don't know. It looked like the same guy in the picture on her desk. But uh, the actor playing Admiral Rodriguez is uh, Andrew Ayala, who played Anton Toretto in Furious 7. Nice. Dom's dad. Yeah. Uh, in a flashback. So so that's neat. We got our Fast and the Furious connection in this episode. There's one in every episode. Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait for the next one. It's going to be great. So they've uh, they've got the, the whole place kind of locked down. And uh, MacGyver and uh, Jack kind of have like a moment where they talk about Bozer and how they have to lie to everyone they know and that they really can't form meaningful relationships with anybody because they're always on the run or they always ha- they can't ever be honest with the people that they're with. And somehow it didn't occur to them until just now. Yeah. MacGyver needs to come up with a plan to buy them some more time. And he sees that there's a, one of the trucks, a truck outside. And so he wants the civilians to give up their bulletproof vests. So he can make a pointless run to park the truck outside, right? Uh, outside the gate, yeah, and rescue the marines. So I yeah, mean, this that, is this is one of several totally pointless things that feels like it was written after the fact to mm-hmm. flesh out the episode. Um, so they they strap all the Kevlar vests to a door, and then uh, use them as shields as they get into the truck, drive the truck to the gate, and then rescue the marines. Yeah. All this is great because they rescued the Marines. However, the terrorists bring in a armored Humvee and smash through the gate anyway. Yeah. And so now they're even closer and uh, and just doing a lot more damage than they right. could ever do. So now everyone inside is like starting to resign themselves to their imminent yeah, death. And they they also get word that their reinforcements will be there in three hours, but. They basically pull an antenna into the room mm-hmm. and start listening in on the enemy conversation, and they learn that their reinforcements are going to be here in two hours. Yeah. So there's an hour that they'll have to fend off this team and their reinforcements, and they don't really have any any recourse at this point. Yeah, uh, MacGyver tries to stall them a little bit with uh, uh, Tremors-style uh, chemical bombs. Right. And uh, he builds like a couple of rocket launchers and... Uh, it manages to push them back, but since they're waiting for the reinforcements, it's it's just a gesture, yeah, to, a show of force. And we get this scene where the ambassador uh, <laughs> is on the phone with is her on the family. Phone with, yeah, she's 
it's supposed to be like like the touching moment of like she's realizing she, this is like the last time that she's going to talk to her family and she talks to her child and she goes oh you got an a on your spelling test yeah like really hammering home how perfect her life is yeah, yeah, yeah. she's got the perfect child and a husband i think it would have been great if she's like oh sweetie it's okay that you get a d on your spelling test <laughs> i'll never see it <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, everyone in the in the place is just sobbing. Mm-hmm. The guy that's the most upset is well, it's weird that the person that's the most upset is the is the guy that like I don't even know what his job was, but he works at the embassy, but he's like, mm-hmm. Oh, my, my wife is six months pregnant and yeah. and he's just he's whining more than the woman who has kids and any other person there that I'm assuming has a family. <laughs> and and you keep thinking that he's gonna be like He's gonna do something. Yeah, he looks like he's he's gonna like betray them in some way to try and save himself, but it doesn't end up happening. Yeah, he he is he is. Uh, but he's definitely the biggest whiner of the bunch. Yeah, this is then another more work by the red herring. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a case <laughs> for the red herring. Uh, so while uh, MacGyver and Jack are kind of listening to everyone cry on the phone with their loved ones, uh, Jack starts talking about his own family. And yeah. now he uh, organized a, a family reunion once and invited everyone he knew. Uh, so MacGyver gets the idea that if what if what if they invite the bad invite guys in? Invite these guys in. And this is where you thought we were getting Home Alone and I thought we were getting Skyfall. Yeah. And we got neither. Really. Yeah, not really. They basically block the entry hall with chairs. Mm-hmm. And then behind that, they go through the basement at this embassy and find enough chemicals to make what I'm assuming is nitromanite. Yeah. I don't know if it is, but he, he's made it once before uh, in season one, episode six, Trembo's world. He called it a chemical kissing cousin to nitroglycerin, but it was a, a white, like mm-hmm. malleable. Cause yeah, he was explosive. using like cellulose and yeah. And this he's using like different kinds of sugar and plas- more plaster. Yeah. So I, th- I think it's supposed to be the same stuff. He basically puts a layer of it completely around the safe on the ground yeah, like, yeah, he's uh, like drawing the outline of uh, there's a there's a term for that, like when you're trying to direct the explosion. Well, anyway, it, it's it's supposed to throw the safe across the room to. No, it, no, it's supposed to cut a hole. Oh, okay. It's, I see. it's blowing a hole in the ground for the safe to fall through. Right, right. They did that in the Italian job. Ah, yeah. which one? No, the only one. No, the the Mark Wahlberg. Right, the only one. Yeah, the Mark Wahlberg one, not the one that was recycled into a MacGyver episode. Uh, so once they lure the baddies into this kind of like, it's like an entry chamber. There's no other way in and out of these chambers except for the front door and the door that leads into. Well, there must be because they they give up on the door that they they're trying to go through. That's true, but then how come they don't come out when there uh, there must be another door in that entry hall. Yeah. But um, but first they open this, these double doors and they see this pile of chairs and everything and then MacGyver clicks on his walkie which is supposed to set off the manite and mm-hmm. it doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, and they go to like double check the stuff and and he it seems like he can't really tell why it didn't work. I, I'm I'm only assuming that the battery was dead on the on the other radio. Right. Oh, we should also mention though that uh, there's there's a quick little this is another of those things that I think they added later on. When they were like, "Oh, this this is only a thirty-eight minute episode. We need a couple more MacGyverisms." So when they're listening in on the conversation, they uh, they allow uh, Giannis to radio out 
to his team. Oh, right, right, right. And they at, they give him a very specific message of what he's allowed to say to them. Um, but while he's giving that message to them, he goes off script and says, they're not ready for you if you come in right now. Mm-hmm. But then, um, and they think that they're totally screwed, and Jack punches the guy in the face, and he's like, way to go, man, you totally ruined it for us. And it's like, yeah. Jack, he's not on our team. <laughs> like That's what yeah. he's trying to do. But then Riley reveals that she's basically outsmarted the guy because the phone call was being recorded on a delay Mm -hmm. and she cut it off before he went off script. So all they heard was what they wanted them to hear, but they burst right in anyway, exactly after the guy said, come in now. So it really didn't, it didn't serve a purpose and the whole MacGyverism was wasted. Uh, But they're trapped in that room now. Yeah. So while they're trapped in there, everyone else at the embassy is making a getaway out the windows. Right. And MacGyver is basically, he cuts open Jack's last bullet to leave a trail of gunpowder leading to the Manite mm-hmm. so that he can trigger the explosion anyway, even though these guys are basically giving up on that point of entry. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then they're able to set it off. They're dangerously close to it. It seems like close mm-hmm. enough that it would have killed both of them or at least yeah. permanently injured them. Um, but the explosion works, and then they leave out the window with everybody else. Yeah, they, they pile in. Well, th- there's a couple of guards outside who uh, they had to take out. Um, but but they, they put all the civilians into the non-armored Humvees. Yeah. Like, just like normal cars. And then MacGyver, Riley, and Jack take the armored Humvees. Right. It's like, mm, I think there's a problem here. Yeah. Uh, and they just drive away, and we immediately cut to L.A. Right. Where MacGyver is coming back, and Bozer's still trapped at the Phoenix Foundation. Yeah. And uh, MacGyver apologizes again. Mm-hmm. Even though nothing has happened since the last time he apologized. And uh, Bozer basically, uh, you know, says, I can't stay angry at you. I, being angry with you is like being angry at a puppy that ate your favorite kicks. Mm-hmm. Because he's he loves his breakfast Love cereal. <laughs> For kids. Yeah. You could buy them on Route 66 from what I understand. <laughs> um, and uh, And then MacGyver says, hey, good news. Uh, I changed careers for you. Mm-hmm. You work for the Phoenix Foundation now instead of your filmmaking career. And he's like, oh, okay, great. That sounds great. So am I going to be in the field? And he's like, no, you're going to be like our Q. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, good, because I'm terrified of the field. Yeah. He's going to work in a lab where I assume that he will eventually make masks for them to wear. <laughs> in one episode. Uh, even, even at the, even like... In the original series, MacGyver got to wear a mask. Yeah. When uh, they were doing that The Sting episode. Yep. When he was uh, lucky. Yeah. That was a good episode. <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> it was a, a remake of a remake. <laughs> a remake of a, of a Dana Elkar. Yeah, it was a remake of the episode Twice Stung, which was in turn a remake of the movie The Sting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because they were like, hey, you were in a movie. Let's make that movie again. Oh, interesting thing about... Because... Uh, I, I heard someone refer to the name D-A-N-A as Dana again recently. Oh, really? Um, uh, I watch Game Grumps a lot, and they were playing Solomon's Key, and the main character of, of Solomon's Key is named the, – the character's name is D-A-N-A. And uh, Danny on the show says, oh, you know, this is your main, you're this main character, Dana. Dana. You know, would, and he says that that's his sister's name. Yeah. I was like – you mean Dana? Dana? <laughs> I don't. There so is confused. no Dana. Only oh. Dana. 
It, it just brought me back to the ghost dad conversation of Edith versus Edith. <laughs> By the way, ghost dad was the answer to that uh, question. <laughs> if you wanted those points, nobody claimed them on Facebook. Oh, no one. On oh, okay. Edith. Yeah. You have so. Edith and Edith. Edith is a boy's name. <laughs> it was named after my aunt. Your aunt's name was Edith? No, no. her name was Edith. <laughs> so you see, Edith is a girl's name. <laughs> We only, uh, oh gosh, I wish I could watch that movie and be happy, but I can't. I can't <laughs> oh, now. Thanks, Bill Cosby, me... for ruining all of your movies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and that's the end of the episode. Like, this yeah. was a very... <laughs> the last line is a little bit funnier, but I wish they'd have played it out a little bit longer. But he's like, I mean, we could have easily cut the whole, like... Oh, I played it on a delay and cut it off before he went off script. Mm. Cut that bit and then just add more time to the awkwardness of this conversation at the yeah. end where he's like, yeah, the girls are going to go crazy for that secret agent stuff. And then MacGyver's like, yeah, but you can't tell anyone. Mm. And then, then I would have liked to see Bozer just like smiling like and nodding like, <laughs> what? <laughs> what? He's like, you understand what I'm saying, right? What? Sorry, what? <laughs> just like, like they could have like played that out a little you. bit longer. Like, yeah. Yeah, just have him sit there and not get it for a second. Like, I don't, it's gonna be great. <laughs> oh, we also didn't mention the uh, paperclip art of this right. episode. Was he uh, created a pair of handcuffs? Yeah, they're getting less and less interesting as we go. Yeah, not not as symbolic. I thought uh, at the beginning that maybe all these symbols were gonna play into each other and they were gonna like all semi-resemble letters and then spell something out at the end of the mm -hmm. season or that there was going to be some kind of a connection, like a pictograph. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it seems like... No. No, it's just like, oh, what should he make in this episode? I don't know, handcuffs. Okay. I, I became really enraged uh, when I was two seasons into Fringe and I realized that all the the images they would show before the commercial breaks and after yeah. were code. And every episode had its own special message. Yeah. It was like two seasons in. I was like, how, how did I not know about this? <laughs> um, and I was like I was like going back and looking at all the, the previous codes that I had missed. Um, Fringe was an excellent show. There's other shows that do that too that I'm trying to think of now. I think Always Sunny or somebody does like a backwards message at the end of Gra every Gravity episode. Falls. Gravity Falls does. Gravity, does. Gravity Falls does a message in every episode. Yeah. Got to make people work. Make people work for, for the cool stuff. Yeah. But uh, this episode was okay. I yeah. It, it it was a very by-the-numbers episode with, with no real new information. It, it was a continuation of the fight that they already had. Yeah. It, it made no sense to even show us the flashback of last week's episode just to, to have Bozer still be mad. Yeah. And he we – and I I honestly – that's fine if they need to start this episode that way. I'll get upset if – this argument comes up again in this mm -hmm. season. If if it's like suddenly again Bozer is mad. It's like, well, remember when you lied to me about who you were? It's like, yeah, we've been over that. I got you a cool yeah. job. Shut up. We spent two episodes on that. Yeah. What, what are you talking about? Episodes. I mean. Sorry. <sighs> got a little meta there. <laughs> um, this isn't David E. Kelly. This is MacGyver. <laughs> um, I also uh, wanted to mention uh, – we had a comment on uh, on phoenixfoundationpodcast.com from listener Holly who pointed out that uh, for as much as we make fun of Patricia for magically getting from one place to another, that uh, we had no comment on um, an actual line from Murdoch in last week's episode mm -hmm. to the effect of, 
oh, you'll have to tell me your secret on uh, traveling, avoiding Los Angeles traffic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and she was like, I'm surprised you guys didn't bring it up on the podcast because you make fun of them for time traveling so often. Um, and I also wanted to share another point uh, made by, uh, forgive me for this pronunciation, I'm going to say Arald Groberg, uh, who pointed out that Murdoch in the episode is referred to as Suspect 218, which is a pretty clear reference to Season 2, Episode 18, Partners. Oh. We totally didn't catch that. Oh, wow. That. That's, I'm, I'm embarrassed on behalf that's, of That's very impressive. Yeah, so it was, it, was, uh, it was right there for the taking, and we just didn't pick up on it, but that's absolutely where the name came yeah, from. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I just wanted to make sure that, that that point got made on the podcast. Um, yeah. I uh, I honestly don't care if we get an opening gambit again next week, <laughs> because the opening gambits have been so lackluster. I I still want them. I okay. insist. All through the entirety of the original series, all of my notes start with opening gambit colon none, with, <laughs> yeah. with the exception of the first season's episodes. Yeah. There's only like what seven or eight in the original yeah. show. And uh, but I I held out hope. Well, we've already had seven so mm-hmm. far in this iteration of the show so if we get one more next week then we'll tie the original series yeah exactly we have to at least tie it but i don't want to open up with previously on macgyvers anymore yeah that's that really that took the slot of what would have been an opening gambit scene because they're so short now yeah and i'm fine with them being short uh i uh it'd be it'd be i mean i don't like them being so one note where it's just like i don't know it feels like a uh, action tweet at the mm-hmm. beginning of an episode. It's like... Yeah. But, I mean... It's like someone came up with a MacGyverism and just wrote one scene around one MacGyverism and that's the end of it. I, I feel it's because they have an entire episode written and it's, like, already long enough so they don't really have time for an opening gambit. Well, I, I honestly wish that they would go back and do things like, okay, so Judy Burns, The Gauntlet, mm-hmm. opening gambit, the map. Yeah. That was like a short film, exactly. Of, that encompassed what MacGyver is like. It was like I want to see minutes. them. Yeah, it was longer than that. It was like twelve minutes. I want to see some, something like that, where it's like a full-length short film. Like mm-hmm. have you know, this is something that your story editors could have done for previous episodes. Like you guys are story editors for the episode, and you have a separate writer do the opening gambit instead mm-hmm. of having it all in one piece. That's the way they did it on the original show. They had a different director and writer for the opening gambit, and they would shoot it probably, you know, in between. You know, they would have like a one-off where they would just have Richard Dean Anderson and not yeah, exactly. The rest you of the cast. They don't need anyone else. Yeah, so you could you could get Lucas Till for a weekend and be like, we're gonna shoot a thing with just you. We don't need the whole team. We could do a skeleton crew. It's gonna the whole thing thing takes place in a junkyard. Mm-hmm. We're gonna shoot it and it's gonna be done. And then we can write you know a thirty-minute episode. It's still fill an hour of material. Yep. But um, but that's not what's been happening. And I understand that it's cost prohibitive, but it's you know this is CBS and the show looks cheaper than the original show did. Yeah. So it's, it's uh, confusing that they should have this problem. I, I think the problem is that our film quality today is too good. So it's easier to notice the flaws. Maybe like, that's it. Like when, when you were filming on film, as you had to do back in the day, right. it, you could, uh, you could uh, account for a certain amount of graininess. Now that everything is filmed on like high-def digital tape, and it's just like it's too clean. Yeah. Um, that was my problem with like the nice guys. Yeah. It's like it's supposed to play its place in the 70s, but everything just looks too crisp. Yeah, it doesn't look like the 70s because the 70s were blurry. Mm-hmm. I remember. I've seen pictures. 
the whole world was blurry. Yep. Just like any movie that takes place in the 1800s. And, and the, the colors world was black and white back then. Yeah, there there wasn't as high like there wasn't this high dynamic range of colors. Yeah. Um, I also wanted to bring up uh, Andrea Seitz uh, passed along um, <laughs> a tweet from uh, the woman's name is Amanda Richer at AV Richer on Twitter uh, pointed out that uh, the I'll just read her tweet verbatim. Uh, at MacGyver CBS, curious to know if your B camera operator got a background credit for the gallery shot in Corkscrew. Hashtag MacGyver. <laughs> and uh, Andrea posted a, a screen grab of the shot from the gallery in last week's episode where <laughs> you can very clearly see a cameraman yeah. in shorts standing next to um, a full size camera in the background. And it's just like, there's no way, at least an editor didn't see that. I mean, yeah. it's out of focus. But it's still, like, very clearly in frame. It should have either been they – sh- they should have cut around it or they should yeah. have pushed into the shot to avoid seeing this guy. Oh, maybe and they thought – any number of uh, ways around it. Well, they probably thought, you know, it's an art gallery. I'm sure there's people filming yeah. at the art gallery. Maybe th- Maybe that was the logic behind it. But it's just a guy wearing, like, cargo shorts and a black T-shirt. It's very specifically a film set thing. <laughs> so um, I just thought that was funny and worth bringing up. Mm. Um, but yeah, um, I think that's about it for this episode. Yeah, I mean, um, it's, it's, it's all right. Yeah, it was all right. Uh, if you have any thoughts on this episode, you can find us on Twitter at Opening Gambit. You can find us at Facebook.com slash Phoenix Foundation Podcast or our website, phoenixfoundationpodcast.com. And if you're digging the show, feel free to review us on iTunes. Tune in next week. We're going to be covering Reboot Season 1, Episode 10, Pilers. <laughs> <laughs> Still called Pilers on IMDb. I'm sure that'll get fixed. It won't. <laughs> I hope it doesn't. Because I'm going to call it Pilers on the podcast. That's canon as of next week. Can um, you bring me a pure pi- Pilers? <laughs> watch, we're just idiots and Pilers are totally a thing on a yeah. Swiss Army knife. Oh, those um, are Pilers. Can somebody get back to us on that in the next week? I'm curious if we're, uh, if we're stupid. <laughs> like we have historically been. Um, but yeah. And thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you.